This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. It was told in February for a show with the theme of Recovered. Our storytellers are regular people, just like you, who decided to give storytelling a try. When we asked Kate why she wanted to try storytelling, she told us that she wanted to prove that persistence pays off. If you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on our Hong Kong Stories Meetup page. Follow us on Facebook or go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now, here's Kate. I'll always remember the Christmas morning Dad bought Mum the ring. He'd walked past it every day in the jewelry shop window for the past five years, vowing he would one day buy it for her. They'd been married 30 years at that point, and Dad still told Mum he loved her every day. He was something of a romantic. It was small and large gestures like this that made them my role model for a very happy marriage. The ring was a brilliant Sri Lankan blue sapphire with diamonds around the outside, and Mum absolutely adored it. She wore it alongside her ruby engagement ring on all special occasions from that day on. And when she wasn't wearing it, she'd nestle it in the top drawer of her dresser among lavender bags and rolled up socks for safekeeping. Who needed a safe? When I think of mum, I imagine her wearing those rings. But it was really difficult for me to find a, an accurate picture of one. The police officer needed it for the theft report, should it ever be recovered. I traveled home to Devon one summer with my young daughter, visiting my mum and dad. My brother was coming down from London and my husband was due to arrive from Hong Kong soon after. So it was a full house and therefore sod's law that the water heater would decide to pack up just on the day he was arriving. With a hot shower and desperate need after a long haul flight, mum and dad put in an emergency call to their local plumber. And to ensure the job was done on time, he brought along his son, who was new to the family business. I'd like to think I'm not too quick to judge a character, but something about this son put me instantly on edge. It was a number of things, really, but the main thing was a conversation we overheard with his fiancée about some car trouble they were having. Every other word was effing and blinding, and his tone with her was very threatening and menacing and aggressive. He seemed like a really nasty piece of work and someone you definitely wouldn't want to cross. So we were relieved that for once the British summertime was cooperating and we could spend much of the day in the garden while he worked um, undisturbed inside. Many hot showers and a week later, we were getting ready for a family lunch out when mum came to me upset that she couldn't find her ring. She'd been spending days secretly searching for it, turning out cupboards and drawers and thought her own absent-mindedness was somehow to blame. I spent some time looking too, but quickly realized that things were not as they should be, and the ring was long gone. It didn't take us long to realize that they must have been stolen. It seemed the only possible explanation. And with no one else having visited the house in the last few days, the likely culprit, the plumber's son. It was a very uncomfortable and unnerving feeling to be violated by someone, especially someone you'd invited into your own home and who you'd put your trust in. I imagine his hands rummaging through, their, through our cupboards and drawers as we sat in blissful ignorance, just yards away. The police arrived later on that afternoon to take a statement, and I sat fearful and shaking in the corner. I'd seen enough of this guy to know that 
If we accused him of something and without evidence, he could turn nasty. He must already have seen mum and dad as being vulnerable and elderly, and I felt an overwhelming urge to protect them at all costs. So we pinned our hopes on the forensics team finding fingerprints on mum's dresser. But unfortunately, that drew a blank. The two police officers were... The two police officers were already thinly spread across four towns and with no evidence they asked us to politely face facts. It was unlikely mum would ever see her precious rings again. I felt absolutely devastated for her. But in that moment I felt a complete sense of belief, belief in myself and unshaking courage of conviction that I would somehow reunite with her rings, mum with her rings. And so my search began. But I quickly hit a brick wall when I called every cash converter, jewelry shop and pawn shop in the phone book. Nothing. I then turned to the internet, figuring that eBay was a likely market for the ruby ring at least. I searched for hour upon hour and under every conceivable search term. I broadened my search, I narrowed it, nothing came back. As I stared at the computer screen, not knowing what to do next, the words of a police officer came back to me. He'd said that thieves don't hold on to their loot, they get rid of it as quickly as they can. Suddenly the um, filter box for completed listings on eBay jumped out at me. My hand shook almost too much to click the mouse. But no sooner had I done so that up popped an image of mum's ring. A hastily snapped picture with a brief description and a paltry winning bid. I was shocked but absolutely ecstatic and my voice broke as I called to mum and dad in the next room. Mum was overjoyed and I can honestly say in that moment I've never felt prouder of myself. My perseverance had paid off. The, the auction had long ended, but where was the ring now and who'd won the bid? The police were pretty impressed with my amateur detective skills and quipped about me joining the local police force. <laughs> they traced the sale of the ring to a nearby jewellery shop and managed to get it back from the unsuspecting woman who'd been rather pleased with her eBay bargain. They, the, the shop was able to confirm that a young man had actually bought the ring in, but mysteriously CTV on that day had failed to capture any evidence of it, and so the evidence was still tantalizingly beyond our reach. Although we were lifted by the triumph of that day, a sense of unfinished business hung over the house. It was all we could think about and it affected our sleep. One day, a few days later, I was walking around the harbour and I decided to take a different route home, up along the high street. I glanced in shop windows as I went. Up, as, up ahead was the jewellery shop. I didn't have the faintest notion that the sapphire ring could possibly be there, less than a mile from mum and dad's front door. But as I glanced inside, there it was, glinting and teasing at me under the lights. I could barely call home quick enough. Dad let out an incredulous yelp, then put the phone down, called the police and then mum in quick succession. She was oblivious to the drama unfolding at home and was out shopping for the day in the local department store. She was only the slightest bit self-conscious when she screeched an unbelievable no from the underwear aisle. <laughs> the police were able to recover the ring later that day. It had only recently been transferred from the sister shop in the town nearby, the town on the list of many that I'd called. Sellers to the shop have to produce their photo ID, and this is where our plumber friend came unstuck, and the police could finally confirm our suspicions. I felt like I'd won at a game of Cluedo. It was the plumber's son 
in the bedroom with a pair of rubber gloves. <laughs> I was so happy. What once seemed forever lost was now found. The rings were finally recovered. And after a bottle of celebratory champagne and a criminal conviction, so were we. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, visit us on hongkongstories.com. Keep an eye out for our weekly podcast, too. We publish every Wednesday. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>